Chapter Eleven of Book One of Les Misérables, Volume Two, by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. Les Misérables, Volume Two, by Victor Hugo. Translated by Isabel Florence Hapgood. Book First, Waterloo. CHAPTER Eleven: A BAD GUIDE TO NAPOLEON, A GOOD GUIDE TO BULOT The painful surprise of Napoleon is well known. Grouchy hoped for, Blücher arriving, death instead of life. Fate has these turns. The throne of the world was expected. It was St. Helena that was seen. If the little shepherd who served as guide to Bülow, Blücher's lieutenant, had advised him to debouch from the forest above Frischemont instead of below Plancenois, the form of the nineteenth century might, perhaps, have been different. Napoleon would have won the Battle of Waterloo. By any other route than that below Plancenois, the Prussian army would have come out upon a ravine impassable for artillery and Bülow would not have arrived. Now the Prussian general, Muffling, declares that one hour's delay, and Blücher would not have found Wellington on his feet. The battle was lost. It was time that Bülow should arrive, as will be seen. He had, moreover, been very much delayed. He had bivouacked at Dion-le-Mont, and had set out at daybreak. But the roads were impassable, and his divisions stuck fast in the mire. The ruts were up to the hubs of the cannons. Moreover, he had been obliged to pass the deal on the narrow bridge of Wavre. The street leading to the bridge had been fired by the French, so the caisson and ammunition wagons could not pass between two rows of burning houses, and had been obliged to wait until the conflagration was extinguished. It was midday before Bülow's vanguard had been able to reach Chapelle Saint-Lambert. Had the action been begun two hours earlier, it would have been over at four o'clock, and Blücher would have fallen on the battle won by Napoleon. Such are these immense risks proportioned to an infinite which we cannot comprehend. The Emperor had been the first, as early as midday, to descry with his field-glass on the extreme horizon something which had attracted his attention. He had said, I see yonder a cloud which seems to me to be troops. Then he asked the Duc de Dalmatie, Soult, what do you see in the direction of Chapelle Saint-Lambert? The marshal, levelling his glass, answered, Four or five thousand men, sire, evidently Grouchy. But it remained motionless in the mist. All the glasses of the staff had studied the cloud pointed out by the Emperor. Some said it is trees. The truth is that the cloud did not move. The Emperor detached Dormont's division of light cavalry to reconnoitre in that quarter. Bülow had not moved, in fact. His vanguard was very feeble, and could accomplish nothing. He was obliged to wait for the body of the army corps, and he had received orders to concentrate his forces 
before entering into line. But at five o'clock, perceiving Wellington's peril, Blücher ordered Bülow to attack, and uttered these remarkable words, We must give air to the English army. A little later, the divisions of Losthin, Hiller, Hacker, and Ressel deployed before Lobo's corps. The cavalry of Prince William of Prussia debouched from the forest of Paris, Plancenoit was in flames, and the Prussian cannonballs began to rain even upon the ranks of the guard in reserve behind Napoleon. End of Book First, Chapter Eleven. Recording by Ruth Golding.